Hey everyone, before we get started, I forgot to put this in the pod today and I was so frustrated myself, but I just thought, I gotta tell you anyways, June 20th, we are doing our NBA Draft Watch Party. It's going to be at the Banquet Cinema Pub. It's located in downtown Oklahoma City, 800 Northwest 4th Street. It is such a cool place. They've got, we're gonna have our own theater, a down to dunk NBA Watch Party Theater, which is just the coolest thing I could think of. And so we're going to be able to watch the draft together on a giant screen. We're all going to be able to hang out together. It's all ages. So I know there's been many of you that haven't been able to come or you've wanted to bring your son with you to uh, the parties and you can't because it's been at a location that's 21 or older. So this is an all ages event. Uh, It's going to be great. So starting at six o'clock, June 20th, make a plan to be there. Bring all your friends. It's going to be awesome. They have New York-style pizza there. That's absolutely delicious. Uh, They have all sorts of beverages for you to partake in. That's going to be super fun. Be on the lookout. I will send out a link uh, for our NBA draft uh, competition. And that will hopefully start this week, maybe next week. Uh, But be on the lookout for that, uh, where you can fill out your own mock draft. And whoever has the one that's closest to the actual draft will win a prize pack. Uh, from Banquet Cinema Pub and several other of our sponsors. So get ready for that. Here's a podcast with Michele Barra. Thanks for listening. And you guys are awesome. I'm Stephen Adams. This is Down to Doug. I'm, I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peed. I am down to dunk. Yo, this PG, and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Uh, it's Sunday here, um, and I tried to make bun today for my family, <laughs> yeah. and I and I failed. They came out so tough and hard that I I probably destroyed my um, my child mouth and teeth. Uh, so I'm I'm really beefed. I was I was uh, talking to Amy about it, and she was like, "Why doesn't he just like make something like he like you would like a regular dinner roll, and then just cut that in half?" No, that 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 doesn't work. I mean, I, I want buns, like like you want authentic buns. Yes, yes. Okay. And um, well, I messed up probably the the recipe. Anyway, I will follow your recipe uh, next time. Okay. Yeah, my my recipe is uh, hop in your car and go to the store and buy the buns. That's my recipe for for hamburger buns. Um, something else that I may have messed up is I tweeted about a uh, a trade that the Thunder could do, and there's so many people that hate it. It's hilarious, and I wasn't even saying that I think people should that the Thunder should do it, but I think it's just an interesting idea. Is like Frank Nilakina is on the trade market, and they're looking for some kind of pick for him. I think the 21st pick is too much for him, uh, mm-hmm. but, but I think he's interesting, and it is based upon. Only the scouting that we did a few years ago on him. Yeah. And he was 
he was awesome coming into the draft. He's still so he's still twenty. Like he's younger yes. than Ferguson and Diallo. Yeah, you know, and yeah. so like there's I know that it's easy to write him off because he's not been very good in the league and he can't shoot it, but he, the dude can defend. And if this Thunder team has been able to do anything, it's been able they've been able to, you know, teach young guys how to play within their offense. You know, you think of uh, Jeremy Grant, who came over, and he was basically just a raw athlete. You know, you think of Terrence Ferguson, who came over and really was not known as a guy that could defend. And so, like, that's... I wouldn't bring him over to be, like, a key role player. I'd bring him over because, like, if the Thunder coaching staff could make him into a player, and if he could even scratch the surface of his potential that he had coming into the draft, like, you got, you have yourself a player. It's not to come in and play 25 minutes a game, you know? It's, like, bring him over, and let's see if we can turn him into something. You know, like, that would be the only intent. And I don't think I would do the 21st pick. I don't even know if if they would even trade... I don't even know what else the Thunder could trade for him. I don't know if you'd swap Diallo for him. I don't know. I mean, but... It's just, I think he's interesting. Yeah, I mean, the point is, you're in this draft. You are trying to to get someone like him at his age. Yeah. So maybe with a better shooting, uh, but if you like Thibault or if you like um, Alexander Walker, they are not tremendously different from him, and they are either the same age or older than Frank. And Frank played two years in a very, very dysfunctional... I'm trying to destroy my house here. Um, <laughs> if you hear some some noise. Um, Frank played in a very dysfunctional New York team uh, where, I mean, you've seen the difference between Enes Kanter in New York yeah. and in Portland. Perfect. Like, uh, he is... The, the problem with him is that offensively he was a big question mark Mm -hmm. and the first two years you i I didn't see any improvement Mm -hmm. uh, on that end Uh, if if something i've seen him getting worse and that's never a good thing um but i mean jeremy grant was bad i think in philly like really bad and after six months he was a different player and in year two he was very good in year three he was a starter for OKC. Mm-hmm. And again, he has youth on his side. And if um, if you can trade uh, the 21st pick to Pat and get maybe a second rounder uh, or, the, or, I don't know, like an early second rounder or something like that. I don't know if New York has the 2020. Uh, they don't have a 2019, so you cannot mm-hmm. get that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would do that. Um, especially if when I'm on the clock, I don't have the player that I want mm-hmm. available. Mm-hmm. So I can see OKC going in that direction if, um, if like a player, like if you don't have a, a huge upside player or you don't have the player you promised to or something like that, and you say, well, let's try that. Mm-hmm. Because again, uh, July to uh, 1998, that's the month um, and the year when Antilikina was born, and a lot of players in this draft are older. Yeah, quite a few, actually, which yeah. is kind of bizarre because he's a guy that 
And it's funny, like the people have a very strong opinions about a guy that I promise haven't watched more than like five minutes of him playing in the NBA. <laughs> There's some strong opinions about Frank Nilakina out there. And yeah. I, I honestly haven't watched that much of him in the NBA either. Um, but all I know is like he's a he's an athlete. He's got really great length for a guard. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy that projects as a role player. And a lot of times like good role players that are limited in creating their own shot look terrible on bad teams. You yeah. know, like those yeah. kind of guys don't thrive on bad teams. Like PJ Tucker did not look like a good player for a long time. He played for Phoenix on those bad Suns teams. Nobody knew how good he was. And you put him in a role on the Rockets, it's like, hey, these are like the three things that we want you to do. And we want you to do them to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. And he does them. And he's awesome. And people probably overvalue him now at this point because he does them so well. With the Knicks, like, what was their goal this year? Hey, guys, our one and only goal is to try to get the number one pick. <laughs> like, that that was their team goal. And maybe yeah. figure out some of these guys. And you have, like, Lonzo Trier, who's like a guy that can get his own bucket. And so like, he's taking a ton of shots very inefficiently. And like, there's not a, there's not a role for role players. Like there are no roles on bad teams, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just like a free for all. And so it's hard. It's really hard to tell what kind of player he is on a bad team. And maybe, maybe he's a guy because they're not going to be able to get much for him. will stick around. And like, if they get Durant and Kyrie and other guys, like he'll, they're going to lose so many players and they're not going to have enough cap space. Like he'll probably be in the rotation, you know, as a backup guard. And then like that kind of team is like, okay, like that's the kind of guy that you can, that can play on that team. So if I'm them, I don't even probably try to deal him for something small. Um, But I just think it's interesting. I think he's an interesting player. He may not ever pan out in the NBA, but he's definitely the type of player that Presti targets. Like didn't work out on his current team has you know tons of raw potential that's that was my only reason for being interested in him is that the yeah. development not for who he is today like of course like why would you trade for who he is today like that makes no sense but you trade for a 20 year old that has all these raw assets or like raw ability then it's like okay like you might be able to turn that guy into something yeah yeah i mean again um probably the the, the reason why you got a lot of, um, say, bad response in our, on your tweet is the shooting part. Oh, and for sure. Like, we have already enough, probably, of non-shooters on yeah. the team. Yeah. Um, but I remember him having a decent form, decent enough form. I don't understand why he didn't develop that. Maybe he didn't work out the way he should have uh, mm-hmm. during summers. That is, That can be a thing. I remember Victor Oladipo saying something uh, after his year in OKC uh, when he had like that summer where he basically invented himself physically. He said, I never work out like that. I didn't know how to do that before coming to OKC. So um, maybe it's just uh, the people you're around, the the trainer staff, mm-hmm. uh, training staff. So it's it's hard to 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 say why, but surely the the fact that he should he shot probably got worse last year compared to his rookie season is a reason of concern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and it's. You wouldn't be trading for him to take a ton of three point shots. Like you'd be, you'd be trading for him to develop him, and like that's yeah. really it. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And I think there's also a point where maybe, like, of course you want more shooting, but you can't forget about the other parts of the game, too. Yeah. Where, like, you sacrifice everything just to get some guy that can shoot it. I mean, I had people, more than one person, suggest, when I asked for trades, to trade uh, Adams to Atlanta and get back Alex Len. Yeah. Uh, because he can shoot threes. And it's like, okay. Like, three-point shooting is important. No question. It's one of the most important aspects of today's game. And the Thunder, they need it. They need one pure shooter at least on the team. And they didn't really yeah. have one last year. They did have one, and he had some personal issues and was no longer on the team. So, yes, they need to replace that. Sam Presti's addressed that. I think they will address that in some form or fashion. But, I mean, like, Anthony Morrow is not in the league anymore, and it's not because he can't shoot it still, because the dude can probably still shoot it. I know he had yeah. he finished his stint in the league not shooting the ball well, but the guy could probably still shoot the ball well. It's because all these other things are important. And, like, some of these guys in the draft we'll even talk, we'll talk about today, it's like, yeah, they can shoot it, but they won't play for Billy Donovan. Like, yeah. they, they will not touch the court for Billy because they can't defend. And that's an important aspect of this Thunder team that we have to understand. It's like, if you can't defend at some level, you're not going to play. Like, you just won't. Uh, you, you at least will not play in the important moments of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, I think that's something important to consider is that you're looking for somebody that can at least defend and maybe a little bit more. And there's a, one of these guys that I, in particular that I'm really excited about because he can do a little bit more. I want going forward. I think it's important for the Thunder to get high IQ guys, like guys yes. that really know yes. the game. Cause like yes. how many of those guys do they have on the team? You know? Yeah. Not, not many. Uh, Part is uh, the way OKC has always played, yeah. um, so you have to to take that into account. But I've seen a lot of movement with Alex and with, with Alex on the court. Like I remember yeah. him screening for for PG, uh, the switch between the two corners, and like it's tough to to do that without a player that can move. Uh, I mean, it's it's not just shooting, but it's also movement. And I texted you and Jay about this. Uh, I watched um, the second half of the game of last night against Golden State, uh, Golden State against Borden. And at a certain point, Golden State was in the court with uh, Curry, Green, Igudala, McKinney, not, not Igudala, sorry, uh, Bell, McKinney, and Livingston. So the only shooter was Steph. McKinney is an okay shooter. He's not a great three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see any issue on spacing, yeah. spacing-wise. Part is Steph gravity, but George is the same kind of gravity. Like, he oh, yeah. will draw two defenders mm-hmm. if he moves. And you can argue that Grant and Ferguson are better shooter from three than Livingston and McKinney. Mm-hmm. And yet we are worrying that we don't have enough shooting on the court. It's not that. It's the movement. It's the way your ball handler uh, played the defense that is against him. There's many things. That's why I said uh, to you and probably, I don't remember who was in the, on the pod, probably Alex, uh, the day after uh, the Thunder got eliminated. Yeah. Um, that I don't know if it's a Steven Adam thing or... 
a way to play. And and back to the draft and to to the player that we are going to discuss, it's important to have players that understand how to move on the court. No doubt. Because you look up and down the roster, like you have your stars, like Paul, Westbrook, Adams. Like those guys are smart basketball players. Like you don't get as good as they are without being smart basketball players. Yeah. You know, I yeah. think Jeremy Grant's got he's got a lot of skill. I wouldn't call him a high IQ player. No. Dennis no, Schroeder is has average for a point guard basketball IQ. Pro- probably so. Probably so. He he can get a bucket. He knows how, how to play a defense. Like yeah. he understands the kind of shot that he should take, uh most time than not. But he doesn't really do much without the ball. And th- there is a difference between IQ with the ball in your hand and IQ without the ball in your hand. No doubt. And I think that Russell struggles a lot with, with the second. He knows what to do with the yep. ball in his hand most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you can get a guy that can move off the ball and is smart enough to play defense in the NBA, you got something. Yep. Even if it's not the best shooter. Because you can get a guy that screens while he moves. You remember our conversations about Kyle Korver and why I wanted him. It's because of his screening while he moves. And Abrines did stuff like that uh, early in the, in the season. But enough. <laughs> enough of uh, uh, OKC, previous version of OKC. Let's, let's try to, to see if there is a guard or a wing that can um, play handy uh, well, play bas- good basketball in OKC. Uh, you know what else would be good for somebody, maybe? Uh, at this time at night? Probably. <laughs> uh, it's our new sponsor. It's Blue Chew. Guys, if you are looking for a way to increase your performance or just your confidence in the bedroom, got to listen up. Go to bluechew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. So, Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we have a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code DUNK, D-U-N-K. Just pay the $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com with the promo code DUNK and try it for free. Blue Chew is a better, cheaper, and faster choice, and we thank them for supporting Down to Dunk. Wow, now I am ready to talk draft. I am so ready. I just took a Blue Chew, and I'm ready to talk draft. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So we're going to talk about a few players. So the guys that we're going to discuss today, hopefully we'll have enough time to discuss all of them. Uh, Cam Johnson, Matisse Teibel, Nikel, is that how you say his first name? I don't know how to pronounce it, but yeah. I, I, I go with that. So Yeah. Nikel, Alexander Walker, Tyler Hero, and Keldon Johnson. So, I'll start with Cam. Uh, he's, a, he's a shooter. That's positive. He's 6'9". Yeah. He's 2'10". Yeah. He's kind of skinny. He played at North Carolina. Uh, he averaged almost 17 points per game, almost 2.5 assists per game. He, had, he shot 45.7% from three. 
So he's kind of like your like a stretch four for this team. Mm-hmm. He's been mm-hmm. com- compared to guys like uh, Bielitsa or Drebko or some comparisons for him. Ilyasova maybe. Say again. Um, Erson Ilyasova maybe. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Most Ilyasova. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's he's that kind of guy who is going to be able to shoot it for sure. Like, that's his NBA skill, is being big, yeah. and he can shoot it. Now, he's had some issues with injury. He had an arthroscopic surgery on his left hip in 2018. So there's mm-hmm. been some kind of lingering issues from that. And so he's not a guy that's going to defend at a high level, um, but he can shoot it. So that's... To me, that's if you if you're looking for a four that can shoot it, like this is your guy. Yeah, um, he had like amazing number. Uh, if you look at efficiency, he had 1.3 points per possession in spot up opportunity, yeah, 1.24 in transition, and wait for it, 1.45 in off screens. Uh, even if that stat is kind of bizarre because it doesn't calculate the your uh, action out of screens, but general off-screen actions uh, in terms of, uh, in my notes, uh, I have like the ball starts really high. Every shot looks the same. His balance is incredible. He's a quick trigger, doesn't need space. I mean, if you look for a shooter uh, that that can do that at a very high level, Cam Johnson is probably your guy. There there are like two problems. Uh, The first problem is that he's, Two full years older than Terrence Ferguson. Uh, he's twenty three. If you think uh, it, but to me, with the Thunder's window, like that's yeah, not that's, always a problem for me. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, but he's close to a finished right. product for sure. Yeah, yeah. But the problem of shooters of that of that kind is, will they? immediately translate their skills to the NBA, considering that the game is a lot faster, uh, the athletes that are going to close out on you are much, much faster. Mm-hmm. And and the problem is, I don't see any, um, in any way that he can defend at the NBA level, at yeah. a reasonable level. Because even if he had like, okay, measurement in the combine, I didn't expect that. He was among the fastest in terms of lane agility. I don't see his feet moving very well on defense. Uh, he can slide okay, but when he's 1-1, one, one, it's a basket. Mm-hmm. And um, and he's not strong enough. You pointed out his weight. Uh, 210 is not going to cut it in terms of no. being able to stay in front of like to hold in the post against a guy like Millsap, for example. And if you look at the Western Conference and the, the teams that you're going to face, sure, having him as a, as a spacer is incredibly helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't convince me. Like, I don't know why, but I would much rather prefer giving Sacramento the 21st pick and get Bielitsa if I want a shooter. Yeah. That I know that I can trust him a little bit more defensively and he's a proven NBA player. I don't get a draft player to be ready to go. I, I don't get that. I know that if you get someone who can contribute at some level, you're getting great value. But if you, if you draft a player that is already at his top and I, I don't think he, either he reinvents himself physically and that, that is possible 
if not, I don't think he will play for a very good team for like good minutes. Mm-hmm. He can be a 10, 15 minutes of the bench guy. That is valuable. Don't get me wrong. If if it's the only option, it's okay. I mean, it's not a bad player. He will not be a bad player. Yeah. Because of his shooting. And and again, he can set his feet in like a split of a second and he doesn't need space. The ball is very high. And so I I I don't have any doubt that he will be able to adjust um to to and, and be effective. But there's something of his game that that make gives me a pause and I, I i really looked into most of his shots and most of his actions and uh, offensively you are in you're in a very good place defensively i don't think he is playable maybe so, I'm wrong. so here's a question for me for him would you play him over patrick patterson yes okay well then maybe you do draft him then I would rather prefer giving Ersan Ilyasova or Ilyasova, whatever uh, accent you are choosing, to give him um, a minimum deal uh, and play him. Is he expiring? I I think so. I don't remember. But I I don't – you're right. I mean there's value on uh, drafting a guy at 21 and being able to play him over Patrick Patterson. Yeah. But – You want more upside. there and, yeah. and the yeah. and I think yeah. the yeah. the point is that there are more there are guys and we can let's move on because there's guys with more upside, yeah, um, that are around this area and this guy he's some people I, I don't remember who it was said that there was a promise from the Thunder mm-hmm. for Matisse Thybul. Uh I don't know that that's true. I've not heard from any reputable source around the Thunder that that's true. It could be true. Like I. The Thunder like to promise guys. They like to give guys a ceiling, let them know how much they like them. And would it be shocking that the Thunder would like this guy? Like, probably not. Uh, he's another older player. He's 22 years old. Uh, he's six foot five. He's 200 pounds. He's got a seven foot wingspan. And so he's kind of your shooting guard, you know, small forward type of size. Uh, crazy good defender. Great communicator. He averaged nine points, three boards, two assists at Washington. Shot 30.5% from three. 85% from the free throw line, though. And this is like the eye-popping numbers. Like, obviously what I just read, not eye-popping whatsoever. Like, these are like role-player numbers. But he averaged two and a half blocks and three and a half steals per game, which is just kind of stupid. Um, Offensively, he's limited. And he's going to be a guy that is he's going to be a role player in the NBA. And that's kind of when you talk about a ceiling, like he's got like a pretty defined ceiling as a player. But um, he's interesting in that he could be a three and D type of guy that could get on the court for the Thunder as early as next season. Yeah, I mean, we are basically taking opposites uh, in Cam Johnson and Mathis Teibel because on one end, you have the elite ability of stretching the floor and being able to shoot it. Um, on the other end, you have defense, basically an all-around defender. He he is great. Like, he can be an help defender because 
his legs are amazing. Like he can jump so high and, and, and he has very good timing. He uses his hands in passing lane. Um, not the same as Paul George, but very close for the level. He's, he's a Paul George in the, in the NCIA uh, and the PAC 12 is not a badly bad conference. Um, I, since I knew about the defense, I just tried to, to get confirmation of what they said, like, uh, other, uh, draft expert. And like it, it took me like two or three possessions to see that he's a talker. He he's really uh, a very solid defender, mm-hmm. and I spent all the time watching him on offense. And as much as I didn't love Cam Johnson on defense, the same goes for Thibault on offense. Um, I think that the shot is something that you can work with. Um, not sure when, like. The, the the shooting motion is not broken, but it's not good. And the reason why it's not good is that the legs under the shot are the problem. Like he does not prepare for the shot very well. You can see that when he's rushed, when he like when he take a, a rushed shot or an early shot or whatever, like not in not with the good timing, he's always off. Mm-hmm. And the misses are never the same. Like one time is short, the next is long, the next is left, then maybe right, then maybe short again, air ball, air ball long, air ball short, like all the kind of misses. And when you see that, you see that there is something really wrong uh, with with the way you approach the shot. And that's that that pans out um, like it, that goes well with the, with the idea that the upper part of the shot is OK, because if free shooting is like perfectly fine i mean 80 more than 80 percent is always uh, a good uh, a good mark and so probably you can work with that because if mm. if the lower part of your shot is the problem then you can get you can fix it rusted did it um like really changed the lower part of um of his the way he went into shots and so you you can work that out um for the rest of his offense he he's a mixed bag of bad decision making and i don't know if he has a ton of iq in terms of uh dribbling the ball and handling he has a, a good thing that is he never stops he really moves around the floor he tries to 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 find spaces he runs the floor very well in transition and so i think that he will be or can be a decent de- decent enough player where you you are not playing four on five and on defense he he will be special so it's not year one on offense but i think that down the road you can get something interesting with Thibault. yeah i like him like i really like him <laughs> i think that he would be a guy that can come in and you can plug and play here for a few minutes uh, he's a smart enough defender and I don't know, like I, if he's the kind of guy that could be a Danny Green type of player, like incredibly yeah. brilliant defender. And if he can just hit a corner three, like you're talking about a guy that deserves 30 minutes a game. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because of his like, it's not just the, the corner tree, which is important, but he moves. Like, he really finds spots in the court to be effective. 
Mm-hmm. Then he has a questionable decision making when when he finds space because he attacks like straight line. It's almost like Nader. It has like two ways to attack the basket. One is shooting three. The other one is a pump fake and then drive to the basket. Thibault is close to that, but he has like um, a better body and a better way to find spots on the court. And he's a lesser shooter, of course, as of now. Oh, sorry. I was talking into a muted microphone. Um, uh, again, he's, he's a guy that kind of projects as a nice role player where this mm-hmm. team is looking for guys. I know this team is looking for shooting and at, at this point in the draft, you may or may not find a guy that can play next year. Like that's, that's a sincere possibility. You find somebody they can't play next year. If you're drafting a 19 year old, probably not going to play next year for this Thunder team. Like they could be a role player or even better than that, kind of like Ferguson was uh, in year two, and that's even that's optimistic for guys like that. I think that it's not the norm for a guy like Ferguson to come in as young as he was, as raw as he was, and become a player just really like that. Um, but if you're drafting a guy like Matisse, uh, I think that he plays. Uh, maybe not out the gate, but I think at some point in the season he becomes a guy that's in the rotation. And so uh, it's nice to have options. And this team, you know, we started the year thinking like, man, they have way too many options. At the end of the year, it's like, man, we have no options. You know, we have to play Raven Felton. And so to have as many, you know, wing type of players that you feel like you can trust enough to play, I think it's important. I think it's important in this NBA, and I think it's important for this Thunder team who somehow ran out of wings at the end of the season. You know, and some of that may be yeah. on Billy that he didn't get any of those other guys ready, that he didn't have Deontay ready um, to take some minutes. But but still, like I, I think that it's important to go to get somebody, and Matisse is a guy that I really like. Uh, another guy that I really like. Uh, Nikel Alexander Walker. He played at Virginia Tech. He's six six, two hundred pounds. Uh, he's got a six foot nine wingspan. Uh, and he's super versatile, which is probably what I like most about him. Sixteen points, four rebounds, four assists, thirty seven percent from three, seventy seven percent from the free throw line. He's a super interesting offensive player that you feel could be like a really versatile playmaking scoring wing off the bench this is he he is the player that i like the most among among this crop um the the thing that i didn't like about him are basically three the first one is his body is very good i ideally but he's not strong enough yet so that will be the thing he will struggle the most. Yeah. Uh, he's somewhat close to the, the body type, a little bit, um, say, it's not as tall as uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, mm-hmm. but the body type is similar. Yeah. Uh, again, Shea has, he's probably 6'9", so he's, he's taller, um, but the body type is similar. And the first thing, again, is strength. The second one is um he has some mild issue with the shooting motion uh but but that's fixable like uh do you remember Derek white 
um, dipping his head uh, beh- like behind when he when he when he takes the shot. Mm-hmm. That are some s- stuff like that you, you can correct like with a good summer of work. Uh, and the third negative thing is something that I don't know yet if I dislike because of the results or if I like because of the idea. He tries every pass. Like he's really <laughs> he really sees the floor well. I love that sentence. He tr- yeah, it tries every pass. Uh, it, it's a sentence taken. It's not mine. It's taken from a guy that, that made a video of Russell Westbrook. I uh-huh. don't remember the name. Uh, it came out like in March uh, saying that Russ is turnover prone because he tries every pass. Yeah. And and Alexander Walker is similar. Like he really delivers amazing passes, but he has like loud turnovers on that. Uh, for the rest... He is very good defensively. He is not strong enough to 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 go over screen sometimes, uh, especially if the screener is big. Um, but he moves well in one on one coverage. He's very good, very good hands, a very good defensive technique. Never go, never allow the the ball handler to go on his um, strong hand. He he is a good shooter. Uh, like he may not be like a 40% shooter but i think that he takes the right shots which is extremely important for this team he runs the floor well he he much like uh Thibel, he is a guy that never stops and if i if i can guess he will be better than Thibel at that he yeah. he really positioned himself in the in the correct spots and he's able to exploit uh every um mismatch that he can get and so if, if OKC can draft this guy, maybe even going a tad higher, like maybe going into some, uh, I trade you a second plus 21st and you give me uh, the 20th or maybe with Boston, it is like many picks. Mm-hmm. You can work something out if he's there 20, which is likely. Uh, and this guy can give you upside because I think it's the, he's the same age at, um, as Ferguson or maybe one year older. I don't remember. He's probably twenty, so yeah, he's age. twenty, so he's he's a little bit younger than Ferguson because Ferguson oh, okay. just turned twenty-one. Yeah, you're right. Um, and so you can get some, you get some side, and you get also some certainty because his defense is already uh, at a good level. Yeah. And so I think he can play some minutes. Yeah, he's got a six-nine wingspan. Yeah, six yeah, five. So he's got some. He's got some pretty good length. I like him too. He's the kind of guy that OKC never really targets as a wing. Yeah, yeah. Um, six four, six five, PG slash SG. Yeah, that that is. I mean, never. honestly, they like the guy that's been most like this is Dion. You know. Yeah. Is like a guy that can create a little bit and that can shoot it a little bit and that. But I I think Alexander Walker will end up being. I mean, if you're projecting, probably a little bit better offensive player than Dion. Um, and a guy that takes better shots than Dion. That's for sure. Um, yeah. And so I like him a lot, too. He's the, he's an archetypal player that I think the Thunder have needed for a long time and have never really been able to get that guy. And mm-hmm. I think this is a chance to do that. I don't, I'd be a little surprised if he made it to 21. And maybe he does. Like You just never know on draft night. But like a, like Malcolm Brogdon's a comp for him. Yeah. And... The Thunder could really if that guy's coming off your bench, like, yeah. like that's great. Like you can play him next to Russell and Paul. You can play him on the bench, and he's going to be able to create a little bit for others. And if you do able to sign a shooter, and he's out there, like he's going to be able to find them. 
I, I, I agree. Like right now, this is my guy. Like yeah. th- this would be Same. my guy for the Thunder to choose. Um, I I really like Nikhil Alexander Walker, and I, I think that he's not he's not a, a quite quite elite at anything, and so that maybe will have him slide a little bit. But he does just a little bit of everything, like yeah, enough of yeah. everything to get on the court. I feel like he's a guy that could get on the court next year for the Thunder just because he he offers a versatility that the Thunder just don't have right now. Yeah, you can play him with Schroeder, with Russ, with PG, with Ferg. Like, if you have him, it's probably not able to guard a strong three. Yeah. Uh, he's most surely not today. But maybe in the future, if you are six, six, six nine wingspan, maybe you can be enough of a deterrent, then they will not target him. And, I mean, if you can get a guy like that, I think, if he's there... And they don't draft him. I will be kind of miffed as of <laughs> as of now because it's. I will too. It, 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 it's a good chance to get a player that is smart enough, and it's it's an all around player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that is not like a hero in terms of shooting, and it's not Thibault in terms of defense, but it's probably in between. Yeah. And you need guys that can can do multiple things in the NBA. Yeah. I know Hero projects to be a better shooter than a lot of these guys, but he didn't shoot as well as Alexander Walker did in the college season. No, but if you if you look both shooting like ten trees, you guess that nine of the the ones that Hero takes are are going in. Yeah. Why you guess that maybe five of the one that uh, N A W um, takes mm-hmm. Hero Hero is. Here maybe is undervalued as a player mm-hmm. um, because he he's like the prototype of white guy that can shoot and doesn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's true. I don't think so. Uh, I really think let's, let's I transition think, to Tyler Hero then. Let's yeah, just... I I don't have him as my favorite player here just yeah. because I have like hundred percent I'm hundred percent sure that he he will not be able to be um drafted at twenty one because he's going like probably He'll be 15, gone. yeah he's yeah a, surely. he is a pure shooter and if the percentages yeah. aren't great from three but he's a ninety three point five percent free throw shooter he scored fourteen points per game he's six foot five one ninety five he's got a six foot four wingspan so he's like your classic short arms uh, JJ Redick shooter, yeah. you know, um, yeah. but he plays hard. Like I just, and it's, yeah. that's a very cliche thing to say about a white guy. Like I get that, but like he does, like he legit does. Like he, I, I like him a lot as a player. I don't, he, I'm with you. He's not my number one guy, but I'd be really excited if the Thunder drafted him because that yeah. was, you you would know that they see the, the potential behind a guy like him. And the the reason why I think he will be valuable in terms of NBA, it, he can really create off the dribble. Yep. And that is something that wasn't needed uh, from him uh, at Kentucky, or maybe it was needed and they didn't use him. Um, anyway, uh, I think he can be uh, a good enough creator in 25 possession, which is, again, extremely low um, sample in pick and roll, he delivered 1.24 points per uh, per action, which is yeah, that's great, which is insane. Like yeah. pick, a good pick and roll player, 0. 0.9. Yeah, 
an extremely good one, 0.95. Mm-hmm. And again, the sample here is, is pretty low. But if you look at those actions, you see that he is able to deliver very good passes and create shots for himself off the dribble in pick and roll situations, which is the thing that is most valuable in the NBA. Like if you're able to punish every defender that goes under a screen, you will be useful in the NBA today. Yeah. Even if you don't have any other skill. Like even if you are like an extremely crappy defender, if you can shoot out of a pick and roll, you are going to be able to play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if his defense is fake effort or real effort. You can <laughs> you cannot really determine that at the, at the NBA level. Yeah. Um, but and there are like mixed uh, reviews on his behavior and the way he approaches basketball. But anyway, uh, these are like. Um, Voices that I don't I don't know if I can trust today, mm-hmm. um, but I did see enough defensively for him to say, well, he has a legitimate shot to be an okay player in the NBA. And if it's a twenty-one, probably uh, I would take him over um, Alexander Walker, or at least. I will be torn between the two because he's 90, what is 94% uh, free throw shooting yeah. tells me that he will be a 40% shooter in the NBA. There's basically no question to be asked on that because if you look the way he shot the basketball, he like, you cannot, you cannot say that he's not a shooter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, that will be his skill. And if yeah. you're looking for like a direct replacement for Abrinas, like he's yeah. six five, he can really shoot it. Like he's a guy, and he's really smart. He's a smart off ball player. We were talking about that earlier in the pod about yeah. how the Thunder yeah. really don't have a lot of smart off ball players on the offensive end, uh, and he's that. I, I do worry, and this would this would be the the thing that would infuriate Thunder fans the most is that Thunder draft Tyler Hero number twenty one. Everybody celebrates. He goes into summer league, hits like seven threes a game in summer league, just kills it, uh, and then just doesn't play in the regular season. <laughs> you know, because he can't defend at a high enough level. Uh, okay. Well, well, Nader played, so I understand that, and we don't know what the roster will look like. We don't know if Robertson will be healthy. We don't know. There's like a lot of ifs to get yeah. to that point. Uh, but you're right. Like if they find themselves in a similar position, like you, you play hero. Like you just yeah. do. And he also just has a ridiculous name, just like a great yeah. NBA player's name. James Tyler <laughs> Hero. Like, what the heck? Um, but yeah, I like him. Like, I, I think that he's a guy that will play in the NBA. Uh, mm-hmm. If whoever selects him, he'll play a lot. Like, he'd, he'd be a very Brooklyn Netsy pick. And the Nets have, what do they have? 17? Yeah, the 17th pick in the draft. Like, he's not sliding yeah. past the Nets. I'll just tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they have, he's basically uh, NBA alter ego in Joe Harris, but you never have enough Joe Harris, you probably. You never have enough of guys. Like, yeah. yeah, we're good with guys that can really shoot it from the outside. Yeah, we're, 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 we're done. We've got, <laughs> we've got the one white American guy that can shoot it really well from the outside. We'll, we'll pass this time. Like, no, like, and he'll probably, he could go before then. You know, like Orlando needs a guy like that. Like they could take him. Um, Boston, who has a ton of picks, could even take him at, I mean, I don't know if you'd take him as high as 14, but maybe you would, you know? Yeah, it depends. It depends who, who, like between like eight, nine and 25. Yeah. 
maybe maybe between 10 and 25 mm-hmm. there is no real order like y- you can take like five mock drafts and a lot of the players in there are mixed up yeah um, and so i don't know after yeah. cam reddish you don't have an order Maybe no. maybe like uh, guys like Seko Dumbuya, the uh, French guy, the guy coming from France, uh, will be like coveted because he's playing like a great end of the season. But after that, like you have, I don't know, I, I don't have an order in mind, and neither are have like the other uh, guys. Uh, they are way better than me. So right. I mean, I don't it's, know. it's I, if you told me that the twenty third pick in the draft was the best guy outside of the top five. Like, you'd be like, yeah, sure. Like, that could happen. Yeah, like, with this draft, happen. there's it's there's really not a ton of separation between a lot of these guys, you know? And it's going to be just basically, like, what skill set is most important? And let's select the guy that has that. Because, like, the talent yeah. level is, is not going to be huge between, let's say, like, 15 and 25. Like, the talent level is going to be pretty close. Yeah. Um and so, I, and, that, and for that reason, like I think this is a good pick to keep for the Thunder, because yeah. like you might get a guy. He may not contribute a ton this year, but if you're going into the the last year of Paul George's deal, you know, after this year, I that he may be able to play and be able to play big minutes, and you may find a guy that can really mm-hmm. play. So, like this is it's a kind of a it's kind of a big draft selection for this team, which is kind of yeah not a great position to be to be in. Honestly, like this should be icing on the cake, but if they can find a role player type of guy. Um, I th- I think that this is an interesting draft to find that guy. Uh, okay, last guy, and then we gotta go. Um, or do you have time? Or do you want to you want to save this one for next week? No, I have like two three minutes. We okay. can just may- maybe we can present him, and then we'll talk about him more extensively next um, next Monday. Yeah, people have questions too. Just ask us on Twitter. Um, if you'd like as well. So, uh, last guy out of Kentucky, Keldon Johnson. Uh, he's six foot six, uh, 211 pounds. He's 19 years old. And he's got a six, nine wingspan. Uh, he's been compared to guys like KCP, your man, Garrett Temple. Um, there's also shades of Otto Porter Jr. I was uh, having like a good, good podcast with you. Why, why do you have to, to, to name Garrett Temple? <laughs> It's going to become a necessary thing on the Monday show. I feel like we talked about him like four or five weeks in a row for whatever reason. Just had to drop his name in there. Um, 13 and a half points per game at Kentucky. 5.9 rebounds, which for a college guard, like that's a lot of rebounds. Uh, mm-hmm. 1.6 assists. He's 52% effective field goal. 38% from three. 70% from the line. Uh, he's all, he's like another interesting like wing guard role player. Yeah. If you look at his face, you you never guess he's a college player. He looks really young. And to be fair, he he was born in like October 1999. So he's yeah. probably pretty young. Um, I I think I like him. He is <laughs> he too. is a player. He's a player that um, will not play next year for OKC, yeah. uh, most likely, because he's probably the less refined of these player but defensively he he wants to compete on that end mm-hmm. he he doesn't take the smartest choices um for what i've seen and i've seen very little uh i promise to to dig a little bit more in him um like iq wise he's probably a tad 
behind the other guys, but also he's playing for Kentucky and there are very few players uh, recently that you can, you see playing at Kentucky and you can project the way they will play in the NBA. Diallo was one of them. Like you saw Diallo doing weird thing in Kentucky and then he plays for his E and he's doing like very good, very good stuff. Yeah. Uh, same with, with Kevin Knox. So I don't know how to judge. Uh, there is very little spacing in Kentucky and he's not used uh, particularly well. So again, there is mixed things to be um, to be put as a context in evaluating Kevin Johnson. Um, the thing is, he cares about defense and about being physical and the rebounds are a testament of that. And he has a very, very good body, body type for a, uh, for a guard. He will be able to guard small forwards because he's strong enough. Um, much of his fortune in the NBA will be the shooting numbers. Mm-hmm. They will, if they translate, then he has good enough uh, skills to, to be uh, an okay defend, an okay player. Um, he can even dribble a little bit, and it's not terrible when he does it. So uh, if the shooting pans out, I think he, he is a good player. Um, and it's really important. And the reason why I have many doubts is the, the free throw shooting. It is not good. And yeah. he shot the ball very well in the non-conference, uh, games like he had like six six from out of seven and, and, and games like that. But then when the uh, when the SEC started, he was a thirty two percent shooter, <laughs> which is closer to the six seventy percent free throw shooting this number. Is a thunder player right here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, and it's 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 not good to have a player uh, that is so up and down with the shooting. Yeah, at, at that age. I don't know if he will declare for sure. Probably so. Um, if the other guys are gone, okay. If not, uh, I would pick probably every. Um, I, I'll pick Tybal before, uh, surely Alexander Walker, and probably also Cam Johnson because at yeah. least I have a definite skill I can work with. Yeah. If I want to give myself time, then maybe I'll, I'll draft Kellen Johnson. Mm-hmm. And like to be honest, like I like all five of these guys. Like I, yeah. I don't think you can be disappointed if the Thunder land any one of these five, which is like a good thing. Like these are all guys that kind of play on the wing. Cam Johnson, less so. But the last four guys we covered, Tybal, like Alexander Walker, Hero, and Keldon Johnson, can all play on the wing. And if you can develop a wing that can play in the NBA, you have struck gold at twenty-one. Like that's just yeah. a fact. So. Uh, We'll let you go, Michele. Thanks for coming on the pod today. We'll follow you on Twitter at Mikey Barra. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. If you could leave us a five-star iTunes review, that would be great. It takes five seconds for you to do it. Search Down to Dunk on your podcast app if you're already in it. Uh, Hit five stars. Boom. That's it. So take the time to do that. That would mean a lot to us. Go check out bluechew.com. Get yourself some blue chew uh, for a date night or whatever you got going on. Um, that promo code is dunk. And I hope you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday with Alex Pierce.